Hey guys, welcome back to The Encounter. Um, today we have Shaylee, today we have Kat, and also we have Deb. And today we're gonna speak about uh, standing on our soapbox. And honestly, I love this topic because I, actually I came up with the with the topic uh, name. Uh, and I, the, the cool thing about this, because when I went to school, um, there's used to, there used to be a saying, uh, to saying like, uh, what's, what's, what's your soapbox? And when I was going to uh, uh, school and the cool thing that I, that I got from this, that when they say, what's on your soapbox, it's like, what's your point? What's your, you know, what are you talking about? You know, cause you yeah, like what are you, what are you standing for? And oh, since I studied, uh, you know, uh, graphic design and I studied a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, uh, doing media, like that's so important for you to understand what is the point that you're talking about. And I think that the point that we're always need to be standing on is Jesus. And, and we tend to forget about, um, you know, the point because, you know, sometimes we feel like, uh, what we dress and how we do and what we do and how we do and how we speak is supposed to fall under, you know, an umbrella of being Christian. But in reality, what it's supposed to be is is falling on the umbrella of what Jesus Christ showed us. And as you guys know, Jesus Christ sat with the sinner. He dined with the with the. Um, What's that guy that, that collects uh, taxes, the tax collector? Mm -hmm. And he was merciful to the ones that didn't know. And to the ones that knew the truth and were against those people, he called out. As we know, they're the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I, I want to let you guys know that the soapbox that we must be on should be Jesus Christ. And Danny, I think that one of the best examples that we can see in the Bible is honestly Paul. Because like as you, as you can see, like Paul, he started off his career a little bit, you know iffy questionable you know he was persecuting uh christians a little bit just killing uh, christians just a iffy you know it's just murdering not terrible <laughs> but we love paul we love paul but when he had you know this change of heart he took that same persecution that he first uh did to others he took it and he took it like a box but like a box no like a boss and he never left uh his soapbox literally he stood there proudly and i think that's exactly what this whole soapbox thing is like something you really stand and believe in because sometimes um you know i don't know if you guys have ever had like an opinion like for example me i was like super passionate about black lives matter right i don't know if you guys remember yeah. and then i started to see like all oh, everything like where the funds were going and i was like wait a minute this is a little bit iffy, you know, and I slowly, quietly got off my soapbox <laughs> for BLM. But this is the thing, like, that's the thing. If people know how to throw these darts, and remember the enemy, we can see it when um, uh, Jesus is tempted in the, in the desert. He hits him with what? With the Bible. He hits mm -hmm. him with the word that is written. So I think Paul is a great example, and I'm just talking too much. But in, oh, go ahead, sorry. go ahead. In, in, Lystra, in Lystra, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. In Lystra, he, yes, yeah. he goes and he is evangelizing the Jews, and what happens? He's literally stoned to death. Right, you guys can find this in Acts 14. Um, That's my favorite story. And it's incredible, right? He's literally stoned, and what happens? He literally just gets right back up, and he's like back to work. You know, you know, I was reading this. I was, I think I studied. It. I think I was with you when I studied it, and it says that where it says that the the people that were with him went around him. And it says that they prayed for him and resuscitated him. They brought, they were brought back to life. So it's so crazy that. And the crazy part it was the next part, right? Which he gets up from 
literally dying from a stoning and goes back into the same city that just stoned them, right? And that's literally what being on your soapbox is, is literally people can try to remove you. They literally could push you off your soapbox, but as soon as you feel better, you're going to stand up right back on it. And I think that that's what we're missing now. Like, you know, we're so easily moved, which is why it's so important. Uh, I, I didn't think of this until right now, but, uh, you know, that's why it says that we have to build our house on the rock that is Christ. Because if we build it on the sand, any wind, any waves, uh, quickly is going to get rid of it, right? But when we have a firm foundation, and the foundation is the word of God, if we have this, like, beautiful, like, strong foundation, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter if people make fun of you. It doesn't matter if people think, oh, this guy is crazy. It's not going to matter. You're going to be like, Paul, oh, you kill me? It's cool. And sometimes we can be weak, right? Because I'm sure Paul wasn't like, ah, you know, I'm dying. No, he was feeling hurt. He was feeling down. He was feeling close to the end, right? But something in him ignited, you know, his faith, his passion for Christ got him right back up. And not to say, oh, I'm going to take a one-year break, you know, because I've been a little bit uh, overwhelmed or I feel like I'm, I'm holding too much. No, nah, he said, I'm going back right where I'm defeated because where I was defeated is where God gives me the victory. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And honestly, you know, I was going to tell you that, that you were saying that put your rock on, put your, put your rock on your rock, put your house on your rock, right? And I was wondering, like, everybody says that, but nobody teaches how to do that, right? And I think the best way to explain this is that when you put your rock, the, your, your rock again, your house on, on the rock, that means that everything you do is based on on jesus so for example you're not just saying do this because i feel like it should be right but it's more like do this because jesus has taught us to do so so i think i think it's not it's not about it's not about uh actually building your house on a literal rock but actually building your house on a foundation of thoughts that come in christ for example the bible says and jesus says if your brother bother if if it bothers your brother to eat meat in front of him don't don't do it and and that's such a cool thing right because now you understand okay if my brother can't take that i'm eating meat maybe i shouldn't do it in front of him or maybe i shouldn't do it at all maybe this is the way that god's telling me i gotta remove this go ahead cat you have something to say yes when i um when dad was speaking about um when he was when she was speaking about paul it just like came to mind like how how our fruit the bible verse that says um they shall know you by your fruits yes and yes, i yes, think yes, that's yes. so beautiful and powerful really because um people are in the world or people at school at work wherever you may find yourself in they don't read your they don't read their bible so keep that in mind they read you like whatever you do and you say like oh i'm christian i i go to church i'm Uh, you know i have a relationship with god they constantly look at what you're doing all the time and if you like do something that's like opposing to what you're doing then they're gonna be like okay maybe the what they're doing is a little bit fake right and then something that's so that's so like beautiful to even think of is that sometimes we think that we need to know like so much in order to to spread the gospel but it's really like to tell like your testimony and like tell the people around you who jesus is Mm -hmm. like who he has been in your life so it gives them like that hope like okay i know what jesus has done in your life he can do the same for me too and that reminded me of peter when he when he was with john and he went to go um they were like passing by the beautiful gate and there was a lame man by the door and the lame man was asking for like you know money because he was lame right and peter told him i don't have silver nor coins but what i do have i will give to you mm-hmm. and what did he give him he gave him he healed him because god gave him that power because peter had that faith and it and it wasn't like you know the lame man was asking for money something that you know peter didn't have at that time which is why he said like okay whatever <coughs> i do have i'm going to give to you which was way better than what the lame man was asking for in the first place um which is so beautiful so like um 
yeah, we see like the characteristics of Paul. They started off super bad, but they ended up super good, which is why so many people started following him and started saying like, I know this guy preaches and he talks to us about the word of God and all of that. But also we can see that by his fruits, he's doing what's according to what he's saying. Could you imagine how he felt when he was preaching and people were like, wait, aren't you that guy that used to kill Christians? Yeah. Like he imagined he must have gotten that a lot. But what backed up what he said? His fruits. You see what I'm saying? Like, anybody can say, oh, you're that person that were in that club. You're right, but I haven't gone in around 15 years, and I will never go back to that. The thing is, our fruits are not, they are who we are, but they back up what you say. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Shelly, I think you have something to say, but yes. I'm sorry, um, I cut you no, off. you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> you know what I think of when I hear this is, I think of um, the place where these kids are at. Like, I put myself in their shoes, and I see myself how I used to be, and I was younger oh my gosh I would I would I would admit it I would not talk about God I was like nope nope I'm not doing it it's because everyone's gonna backlash at me and I'm gonna just be hated on and there's yeah I'm just not doing it and so there was this fear that I had but I think and I look at this uh, verse right here and it says Psalm 56 3 to 4 and it says when I'm afraid I put my trust in you in God whose word I praise in God I trust I shall not be afraid what can my flesh what can flesh do to me literally what can be how, what can people do to you when you have god by your side and you, what what a uh, character in the bible it reminds me of is joshua um when moses was gonna die and and moses and god told moses he was like oh uh joshua you are gonna be the leader of the israelites after i die and then it says here and if you guys want to find it in deuteronomy deuteronomy <laughs> 31 it says in six um uh be strong and be brave don't be afraid of the of those people because the lord of your god is with you and he will not fail you or leave you i'm pretty sure when jo when moses was telling joshua to take over israel after moses dies i cannot imagine what he felt out, yeah. uh, out of us all of a sudden he's gonna lead a huge group of people and he was like no but i can't i i, I can't do this i i i just i literally cannot but and then it, it continues on to verse eight and it says the lord will lead you he himself is with you he will not fail you or leave you don't worry don't be afraid we usually don't know what is going to happen or how things will work out once we stand up in our soapbox once we stand up and we're like okay god you take over you guide me and you lead me from here on out because i'm putting i'm putting my faith on you we we don't know how it's going to turn out but joshua knew um um he didn't knew but he had the faith in the lord that everything was going to turn out good um, I like what Danny was saying that if we have that foundation in Jesus Christ, if we read our word, we will be um, not put to shame. Um, Joshua, Joshua did. He actually he obeyed the Father. Joshua, Joshua was strong and courageous, and he always had he always had the word with him. And I, <laughs> online, it was like this little equation of it was like knowing the knowing the knowledge of God's word. Plus the obedience of God's word equals prosperity and success. So if you if you have knowledge of the word and if you obey God, you will prosper and succeed. You know what I was thinking right now when you guys were saying all of this, um, especially with this last thing that Chili just said. Technically, guys, it's not standing on our own soapbox, but mm -hmm. it's standing on Jesus's soapbox. Um, Jesus. Yes, exactly. it's literally saying like my thoughts are my soapbox, and they're nonsense. Mm -hmm. So I grab my soapbox and I'm gonna throw it out, and I'm gonna stand on Jesus's soapbox. Whatever he thought, whatever. It literally and uh, there, what's that one verse that um 
that you literally made us all love. If the world hates you, know that it hated me first. I just oh, don't remember John, where it is. 18, 15, 18. 15, 18. All right. Like, that's like that, right? And it's yeah. like, uh, I love also uh, Romans 6, where it says, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. Right? And so technically, every single day we're dying because at the soapbox, we're being pushed off. But we should not care because we know that our reward is not here on earth, but our reward is in heaven. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I was going to tell you? Like, what, the, what you guys are saying is so nice because there's a verse in the Bible that says that he who wants to keep his life ends up losing his life. But he who loses his life for Jesus ends up finding his life and it's like it's so difficult to understand that right because it kind of like contradicts itself but you know the way i understand it the way it was taught to me was saying if you are trying to keep your life as in saying oh i'm young i gotta go experience the world i gotta go and do this i gotta experience this and that and i I can't go you know until i'm 96 years old and and you know i can't i gotta do this then you end up losing your life but those who keep it and those who lose it in the lord are the ones that actually end up gaining eternal life. And that's what, that's what uh, I think I heard my dad tell me. He was a check explaining to me because I was like, Dad, how can it be so confusing? He told me, either way, you got to spend your life somewhere. Either way, you got to give your life to somebody. Either you give it to this world and to your own flesh, or you give it to Jesus that promises you eternal life. The one that in the world gives you death, and the one that Jesus tells you is life. So, uh, so the same way it goes like this, right? If you stand on his on his soapbox, it doesn't matter if you lose your life. It doesn't matter if you're called you know dumb. It doesn't matter if you're called old. It doesn't matter if you're called foolish. No matter what, our reward, just like you said in in, in Romans, is in heaven. And it is eternal. And I feel like we don't understand that part of the promise. Because everybody wants life. But when you say eternal life, it's so big, you don't understand it. If I say, how much is eternal? You're like, I don't know, a thousand years? But Mm -hmm. I said, well, how about it's more than that? What about if it's forever? And like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, those are the things that that God speaks, and He says that when I speak, not everybody will listen, having ears, and people won't see, having eyes, because what He says is so great and so big that nobody can understand. It's like saying, "How big is God?" Yeah. You know, you start you start doing a little bit, but you can't actually fathom the 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 his way. Greatness. Yeah, His yeah. greatness, and neither can we fathom eternal life. And, you know, I was going to tell you, Danny, that I think one of the things, like, we remember is, like, as we're being killed, um, because we are, right? Like, Paul, like, he was almost beaten to death. But now let's think, like, guys, if anybody beats you guys to death, they're going to jail. Yeah. So that's not really a thing that happens now. At least here in the United States, there are persecution of Christians um, in other countries. But thankfully, guys, we live here and we can preach the word of God freely and be bashed emotionally. Um but I was going to tell you guys that one of the things that I think that was incredible about Paul is that maybe he didn't even, well, no, he probably knew it, but um, he put on the armor of God. Mm. And the armor of God is literally what allows us to, yeah, maybe we got stabbed like in the arm or whatever and we need like a second to recuperate. But without the armor of God, we'd be killed indefinitely. And so I think we should read the armor of God because I think it's incredible. Um, Ephesians 6.10, I'm going to try to read super fast. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. 
And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And I, I know that was a lot to read, but I just think it's incredible that it says, like, put on the whole armor of God. Don't pick and choose. You can't say today I'm just going to have the shield of faith, but not the shoes of peace. No, at every moment we should be fully dressed as the soldiers that we are and so now we're standing on the rock that is christ and we have on the full armor of christ who can be who can be against us mm -hmm. like no one right you know what's cool about what you just said is that in olden times the soapbox uh the people that were on there had a had a fear of being stoned you know thrown food taken off pushed off and it's funny how now that we stand on his soapbox we fall into the same thing, right? We fall afraid of, you know, what if they say this? Or what if they say that? And that's why we need what you just said, right? We need this armor of Christ so we can, you know, it can bounce off of us. Because no matter what, people are going to say stuff about you. No matter what, people are going to pretend they know you. Or no matter what, they're going to say horrible things about you. What it is is consistency. And that's what armor gives you. It gives you what you need to push through. Because if think about it. Why do we need why do we need armor? Why was armor even created? That even though they shoot you, you can keep going. Even mm -hmm. though they try to stab you, it ricochets off. Even though you're trying to do something, <laughs> what happens? It gives you endurance. It gives you consistency on what you're doing. And that's why it's so important to understand the, the armor of Christ. Danny, and just because you're saying this, I know Kathy you want to say something, but I just want to like say something on what you're saying. That um, it gives you the ability when you said bounce off to keep doing the things you do with love and not with bitterness because guys after being stoned 10 times i'm sure you're angry right. you yeah. know you're not like oh yeah i'm so happy to be preaching the gospel of love to these people right now nah, you're pissed but no this armor allows you to keep doing it like jesus like even when they're taking him um to go and and be uh, crucified right what does he say to i think it's peter that cuts off the guy's ears he's like how dare you and he heals the guy he heals a soldier that's taking him. Like Jesus just gives us the most important lessons of the soapbox, always with love. And why? Because even when he didn't want to do that thing, he was putting on the armor of God. Sorry, go. I also think that the the wonderful thing about the armor of God is that it it replaces our doubt and it gives us faith. And I learned this on Saturday when um, the Apostle Herman was preaching and he was talking about how we need to stop doubting so much. Like how God, like sometimes we question like, oh, how do we hear God? How does God use us? Or how does God like tell us or go pray for that person or go tell them the, the good news, right? Like you expect it to be a whisper in your ear, but it's really like that little like push you feeling, you feel like, the impulse of like okay go go and do this right and that's what we get so afraid of all the time when it's really just God telling you like okay this is your time to go and speak the truth but we have that doubt always like kicking in the back of our head and something so beautiful is that I see Jesus as such an well always and the amazing example right and it's when when it's the Samaritan woman and it's the the well where he starts saying like I am the fountain that never that can take away your thirst right and that also like brought to to mind the verse that says that our mouths are also because we are that fountain right and from a fountain two waters cannot come out of that fountain which means that we cannot be speaking one thing that is good and then the other other like stream of water I guess you can say would be like bad stuff and we can find this every time we have social media we have the choice to post something good the choice to post something bad um the choice to you know 
again, our, like our fruits show uh, something incorrect or right as well. And the beautiful thing about this story is that this American woman, obviously she was like, why is this, you know, like Jacob's well? Why, why is it not going to take away my thirst? Or why is it different from yours, right? And Jesus was like, if only you knew whose well this is, right? And she starts, she starts saying, I'll read it to you guys. John 4, 15, it says, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you, have, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. Meaning that this, this woman was, was somebody who didn't know him, right? But he kind of like gave her that hope of saying, like, I know what you've done. I know what you've been through. But that doesn't take away from you having coming to my well and getting from my water, right? So Jesus gave her that hope into thinking, like, look, no matter how you come, no matter what you do, like, just come and just, you know, believe a little bit, right? So he gives her that hope. And the thing that stood out to me the most is that in the beginning, Jesus he was like traveling in that time and it says that he was wearied meaning that he was tired and most of the time we feel tired and thinking like bro i can't even handle my own life how am i gonna go and spread out the good news you know how am i gonna go out and and you know try to help somebody else when i can't really help myself either but you know whenever you help somebody else god always fulfills your needs too and that was just so beautiful as well because even when you're tired from like preaching the good word um there's like a prize that always comes with that because not only are you you may think like whatever you're saying is not doing anything but you planted a seed and later on it'll grow it'll grow in the grow as long as you do your part jesus does the rest and you know what God says about us standing tall? In Matthew 10, 32, it says, Stand up for me against the world opinion, and I'll stand up for you before my Father in heaven. Oh, and when I read this verse, I was like, wow, it's so crazy that however we see Jesus here on earth is how He, uh, how God sees us in, in heaven. And I was like, wow, if we're, imagine, if we're embarrassed of Jesus here, he's going to be embarrassed of us in heaven. If we're proud and we're like, yes, he is my father, he is, he is the one that saved my life, he's going to recognize us in heaven in the day of judgment. Amen. And 1 Samuel 2.30, it says, I will honor people who honor me, but bad things will happen to those who refuse to respect me. World opinion, to, to respect world opinion instead of me. And I'll stand up for you before my father in heaven if you stand up for me. Yeah, <clears throat> honestly, just just to just to maybe uh, you know wrap up this 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 uh, this podcast, I was gonna tell you guys that everything you guys just said it's it all entails into standing. Maybe we should switch the the topic and call it the stand on his soapbox mm -hmm. because it's it's not ours, it's his. And if we stand on him, then everything we do, even though we might lose, even though we might lose our life here, we gain something with him. Yeah. And for example, as you guys can see, uh, Dota was talking about gaining eternal life and you uh, forever never being thirsty and you recognizing by the Father. So that's all the beautiful thing. And I want to tell you guys, if you guys read Matthew 23, 23, 3, he says, Jesus tells them, look at the Pharisees because they stand, they sit on Moses' seat. <clears throat> it says, observe them, whatever they do, but do not do their works. Because for the, what they preach, they do not practice. So what you must preach is what you practice. If you don't practice what you preach, then you will be brought down from your soapbox. Guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this message. hope you guys enjoyed this, um, this uh, podcast. God bless you. Take care. And I'll see you, like always, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Take care, guys. God bless.